Hello and welcome to Dan Stand. This weekend the Premier League kicks off and today I will be doing my Premier League preview. I'll be giving you the ins and outs of every team and how I feel they will fare this season. So obviously last season Man City won the league but the biggest talking point was probably Arsenal's performance. They came pretty close at points, but in the end just didn't have enough to get anywhere near Manchester City. Um, can they close the gap this season? For me, Arsenal's uh, biggest problem last season was their lack of depth in the squad. When they got injuries in key positions uh, at crunch time last season, they didn't have the players to come in and keep grinding out results. As Man City showed, they got stronger and stronger as the season went on, uh, which resulted then in them winning a historic treble. Now, Arsenal have strengthened their squad, they brought in Declan Rice, Kai Havertz and Jurian Timber. The uh, transfer of Rice could say is a direct replacement for Granit Xhaka who left uh, to go to Leverkusen. Declan Rice is quite clearly an upgrade on Xhaka but how much of a difference will he make to that Arsenal side? Now I've heard some people saying that Declan Rice will be the difference for Arsenal enabling them to win the league. But when you compare to Man City, Man City have Rodri in the same position. And is Declan Rice better than Rodri? Not in my opinion. Now, the signing of Kai Havertz from Chelsea, I thought was a strange one, really, because he hasn't really performed that great for Chelsea. Uh, he's kind of not really found his uh, true potential with them. Perhaps Arsenal will be able to get the potential out of Kai Havertz and make him into the player that people think he could be. Um, the main sticking point for me is that he was kind of filling the gap for Chelsea in their lack of a main striker. Now, with Gabriel Jesus injured for Arsenal, he could be doing the same job for Arsenal now. For what was a problem for Chelsea, Arsenal seemed to have taken the, their problem and made it their own. Um whether they are going to bring in Eddie Nketiah or use Florian Balogun uh, is yet to be seen. Uh, but Kai Havertz could be playing that role. And as we saw for Chelsea last season, he didn't really fulfil the role as uh, you would want him to. Um, so I believe Arsenal are probably still lacking the depth in that striker area. Uh, whether they bring someone else in before the end of the season, I don't know. Um, I haven't seen many strikers linked with them uh, thus far. Um, Jurian Timber is a great signing uh, at the back. Brings them that strength which we saw lacking last season when they had injuries. They ended up bringing in uh, the likes of Rob Holding who probably wasn't up to standard. So there's a good strength there. Uh, he's probably going to come in at right back for them. Um share the position with with Ben White perhaps although they've definitely improved their squad since last season have they done enough to close that gap on Man City I don't think so I to be honest I think rather than looking how much closer they are to Man City they may be looking over their shoulders to see how much more their rivals have improved on them because as we'll go on to I believe that their closest rivals have vastly improved since last season and Arsenal won't necessarily be as close to Man City as they were due to the fact that other teams are giving them a better fight. So the main question, are Arsenal going to catch Man City this season? I don't think so. If anything, they might be further away. Now with regards to Man City, there's been talk from a lot of areas I've seen uh, saying that they are weaker than they were last season and the word depleted has been used quite a lot. Uh, and I can't see how this is the case. Now, their significant transfers out were Riyad Mahrez and Ike Gundogan. Um, Mahrez, kind of a bit part player for them. He's obviously 
a brilliant player and has done well at times, but in in general for their squad, he's he's not a regular starter. Um, so I don't think he's a great loss to them, and they've got plenty of other uh, players who play that position who can step in. Um, Gundogan obviously was their captain and will be a big loss, but they've signed Gvardiol and Kovacic. Kovacic obviously fills uh, the same position as, as Gundogan. Um, so I don't think he's the, Gundogan leaving is really going to affect their results in any way or performance. Um, Gvardiol, again, is potentially the best young centre-back in the world right now. So for him to come in is bringing a huge improvement on that Man City team now and and going forward. And it probably frees up John Stones even more to play um, to go going forward into that midfield slot, which, which again strengthens the position where they've lost Gundogan. Uh, and they started playing with uh, four centre-backs last season and stepping with John Stone stepping into to midfield and, and with Gavardio coming in they'll probably you'll probably see that a lot more with Mahrez out there's obviously the talk of who's coming who's going to get more minutes it could be Phil Foden who everyone is just anticipating to see him kick on and be that world class player we're expecting uh, he didn't start in the community shield uh, at the weekend and came on for Grealish now if he was going to be starting you'd be expecting him to play um alongside Grealish so the fact he's he's not started and Grealish hasn't and he's replaced Grealish makes you think that he's going to be sharing minutes with Grealish um Bernardo Silva and Julian Alvarez also started so perhaps we're going to see them get more minutes as a result of Maris leaving um and Julian Alvarez showed incredible potential last season so perhaps he's going to kick on and, and be the real real talking point of Man City this season uh obviously Erling Haaland is the big player for them with how many goals he scores but the majority of the goals he scored last season were at the beginning of the season when they started with all the hat-tricks he was scoring and uh he didn't score as many goals after in in the new year really and um Guardiola kind of changed the way they were playing because at the beginning of the season they were focused around Haaland and which saw him scoring so many goals and that's when they were off the pace to Arsenal and Guardiola changed things up and stopped them having that focus into into Haaland which resulted him in scoring less goals so perhaps there isn't going to be the same focus Around Holland, there was the beginning of last season, and overall, he may score less goals than last season. But Holland is obviously an incredible goal scorer and will score goals regardless. It's just a case of how many. Um, but yeah, interesting to watch Man City how they develop this season, how they change. Um, but I can't see them dropping their performance levels in in any way, and they will be the team everyone is chasing um can't see anyone catching them unfortunately the uh the, there's there's a lot for everyone else to do to to reach their levels last year's third place team was manchester united now there's been some ins and outs for them this summer those players that have left include david de gea Anthony Alanga, Tellez, Phil Jones, Veghorst uh, ended his loan. Uh, Jack Butland has gone. Sabitzer ended his loan. Uh, Iqbal's gone. Um, and they have brought in so far Rasmus Hoyland, Mason Mount, Onana in goal, and uh, Johnny Evans, who uh, was temporary but potentially will stay. Um, that, now, for me, United have had a... Have a Really good transfer window, improving in every area. And unlike they have been for years, they've got the business done early. They have got every target they've gone for, uh, which is very much unlike every transfer window United have had in in recent years because uh, they seem to have just been every summer losing out to 
players to Man City to Liverpool um, and not getting the, the targets they're going for not doing the business early and ending up panic, seemingly panic buying uh, at, at the end of the window um, so it's uh, great to see United getting it done well and getting it done early which gives Ten Hag a great chance uh, to uh, to improve the team going into the start of the season. Now, for me, that uh, of all the signings, the biggest difference could be um, that of the the goalkeeper change from De Gea to Anana. Now, De Gea, uh, his main problem has really been how good he is with his feet, and with that being a problem, United were unable to play. Uh, how Ten Hag wants them to play, uh, to be able to play out from the back. Um, so bringing in Anana, who is notoriously uh, one of the best goalkeepers in the world with his feet, um, Ten Hag can start getting the team to play exactly how he wants them to play. So we could see a huge difference uh, for United in that. Um, Mason Mount is, I'm not sure we'll have to see he's obviously had a had a big dip in form for Chelsea um was out in and out of the team quite a lot but I'm not exactly sure how he's going to fit into this United team because um obviously Bruno Fernandes plays every game never gets injured uh so he's in the team and he's kind of fitted into this midfield three with Casemiro and Eriksen Last season, with uh, McTominay and Fred coming in and out of the team as as cover. Now, Fred may leave, McTominay may leave, but I think the preference for Ten Hag is to keep McTominay and, and lose Fred. But the uh, Mason Mount, he's he's not going to come in instead of Casemiro in that number six role. So he's, he's probably most likely when he's in the team going to be coming in instead of Ericsson. Um, but he's a very different player to Ericsson. He's not as uh, calm and comfortable on the ball. He's um, they, they, They're probably going to want him playing as this box-to-box player. So does he fit in with Bruno Fernandes is the, is the main question because uh, he's going to be wanting to get forward just like uh, Bruno does. So we'll see how Ten Hag makes that work. Um, Rasmus Hoyland obviously is... Uh, a position United have been lacking. Uh, they got Veghorst to fill that a lot last season. Martial's the other striker who is eternally injured, currently injured. Um, they might try and get rid of him. Now Hoyland's in. Uh, he's young. He's tall, quick, strong. Um, he hasn't got a huge record of scoring um, bags of goals. Um, so... I don't expect him to come in and take the Premiership by storm, scoring 30-odd goals. Uh, But he is an improvement for United. He does fill that position they need. So uh, he's he's currently injured. So they reckon he's going to be out for the first few weeks of the season. So with Martial out as well, we'll probably see Rashford uh, filling that uh, number nine role at the beginning of the season. So um, really good chance for Rashford to start with goals as he did last season. So um, yeah, hopefully Rashford continues his form. He um, he was he was at this uh, pre, pre-season training camp that he started to do a couple of years ago, which seems to be great for him as he, he starts pre-season already in super fit form. Uh, so... We could see Marcus Rashford really hitting the ground running when the season starts uh, this weekend. Um, like I said, they could still lose a few players, including Martial. Maguire, still linked to West Ham, could go. Van der Beek could go. Fred could go. They're looking at currently uh, Sofian Amrabat, who would be a great addition uh, in midfield um, from Fiorentina. Um, so... So yeah, really good summer for United, and uh, like I said, they could be um, getting closer to Arsenal um, rather than Arsenal getting closer to Man City.
Uh, Newcastle had a great season uh, last year, finishing top four, getting Champions League football. Um, they have so far only significant transfers lost Alan San Maximin, um, who bags of potential that plan. In my mind, never really fulfilled it. Exciting to watch, um, but was often not in and out of the team and not really a key player for them. So I don't think that's a huge loss. Uh, signings they've made so far, Tonali and Harvey Barnes and potentially getting Livramento from Southampton. Uh, Sandro Tonali, uh, brilliant player, dubbed the next Pirlo at AC Milan. Didn't really want to leave, but Milan need, wanted the money. Uh, so he kind of uh, got persuaded to go. Could be a brilliant Brilliant player, uh, really good signing for Newcastle. Harvey Barnes, again, a great signing. Uh, before he got injured last year, he was starting to break into the England squad uh, and started showing signs of form again last season for Leicester. Obviously, they got relegated, so he didn't quite do enough there, but uh, he could be really good for Newcastle. So, yeah. Great season for Newcastle, squad improving. They're, they're very well balanced and and kind of settled under Eddie Howe. So with the transfers he makes uh, and keeping the, the team together and not doing anything crazy, they're not, they're not kind of stripping the team and bringing in all sorts of crazy money signings. I, I think they're just, just slowly, slowly improving, getting there. And, um, and yeah, good... Good, good signs for them this season. In terms of the Champions League, you hear people say, "Oh, will being in Europe affect a team because they got more games to play?" I don't think so. Uh, with Newcastle, they've got a big enough and a strong enough squad to cope with that, um, and they've uh, they've got a lot of experience in there as well. Um, so yeah, good good signs for Newcastle this season. They'll be fighting for top four again. Now, when we look at Liverpool uh, for this season, they I mean, they last season they had quite a mixed bag, shall we say. Uh, they were uh, dreadful at times and outstanding at others. Um, they seem to be finding their way towards the end of the season. Um, so we could potentially see a resurgent Liverpool coming into this season. Now, they've lost um, Fabinho, Henderson, Firmino, Keita, Milner. They've um, signed Solopsai, McAllister, and they're still in negotiations trying to get Lavia from Southampton. Now, um, Solopsai and McAllister, brilliant signings, great players. Dominic Solopsai, um, I've seen him do some fantastic things for Hungary. Um, and He's got unlimited potential. Um, set pieces uh, is a real positive for him. Uh, Alexis McAllister has been great for Brighton last couple of years and obviously won the World Cup with Argentina. Um, so he comes into that central role where Liverpool have let so many players go. Um, Lavia also would fill that gap. Um, have Liverpool done enough to fill those positions where they've lost? Because they have lost quite a few signings and they've lost experienced signings. Towards the end of last season, they looked like they were getting somewhere back towards their best. They had Trent in, their, in his new role. And then new signings from a year ago looked like they were starting to settle in with Gakpo and Darwin Nunes um, really hitting their stride. Um and Curtis Jones was, it felt like a new signing towards the end of last season because all of a sudden he was uh, he was playing some outstanding football. Um, and then we saw Luis Diaz and Diego Jota starting to come back from injury. So there's a whole host of players for Liverpool who had their new signings where it could be a very dis different prospect than it was last season. Uh, so, I, I mean, I would expect Liverpool to be right up there, uh, back in the back in the big time. Um, they've obviously got 
no Champions League football. Um, so their emphasis will be more so on on the Premier League. And um, yeah, I, I'd see them getting top four. Um, which again, the strides forward they've made um, are going to make it much harder for the teams um, that were doing well last season. Now we've seen huge changes for Chelsea in recent years with the new ownership and all the uh, all the comings and goings. Um, they had a uh, frankly dreadful season uh, last year and um, Pochettino's come in over the summer. Um, he took a long time to, to, to get his contract sorted, uh, which I've, I've heard that it's it was a long, lengthy contract negotiations because of what happened in the past. And we saw Potter uh, there briefly and have a torrid time and Thomas Tuchel left kind of under a cloud after winning the Champions League. There were rumours of um, the owners wanting to come in the dressing room at half-time and Tuchel not allowing that and that being the, the kind of catalyst to his firing. Um, apparently Pochettino has hashed out this contract to make sure things like that don't happen um so the fact it's taken so long and that's why they ended up getting frank lampard in uh, as interim but the fact it's taken so long could be uh, a really good thing that pochettino has managed to sign a deal where he's got a lot more control than the previous managers had uh and we i mean we've immediately seen chelsea shed players um the list of players they have got rid of is, is a big one. Havertz, Mount, Kovacic, Koulibaly, Pulisic, Mendy, Loftus-Cheek, Ampadu, Kante, Aspicaloeta, Aubameyang, Fofana, Baba, <coughs> and their Lukaku, Zayech and Hudson-Odoi have not been given squad numbers for this season, so we would most likely see them leaving. Transfer they've had coming in are Nkunko, Nicholas Jackson, Alex De Sacy, Robert Sanchez in goal, Leslie Ugachukwu, Angelo, uh, the youngster, and still in negotiations to get Caicedo, um, who would be a, a great signing for them. Um, they obviously needed this massive clear out. Their squad was too big. It was unworkable. It wasn't working for them last season. Um, I mean, I'm frankly surprised to see them bring in so many players, but whether these players, some of them might go out on loan, I don't know. The biggest problem last year seemed to be the striker problem or lack of it. Unfortunately, Nkunku has picked up a knee injury, which is having surgery on and uh, could see him out for three and a half months. Um, so they've got Nicholas Jackson leading the line for them now, but um, anything that happens to him, and they're, they're looking pretty short in attack again. Now, uh, Pochettino, obviously a manager with um, great pedigree, um, could, could make a huge difference to Chelsea if he has got his own way and has got complete control. Um He's got some amazing players that Chelsea have signed over the last couple of years. And if he can get those players like Mudric, like Enzo Fernandez, if he can get them playing to their potential, then Chelsea have got a real chance this season. And I I think he will. Um, so I can see Chelsea really uh, improving from last season. No European football everything to play for and I can't see why they won't be back up there fighting for top four. Tottenham are another team who've had some huge changes uh, since last season. Uh, new manager in Ange Postacoglu. He um, could be seen as fairly inexperienced especially at this level. Um, there were big question marks over him when he took over at Celtic. Ended up winning the treble last season. But he's a manager who quite excites me, to be honest, because he has got uh, a record of playing really attacking, uh, exciting football. Uh, he was coached by Ferenc Puskas, 
which is where he gets his uh, style and um, tactics and the basis of his play, um, which is is an exciting name. Uh, obviously, a, a man who knew how to score a goal or two and pretty good ones at that. The notable players Spurs have had in and out are leaving Harry Winks and Lucas Moura, and they have signed James Madison, Pedro Porro, uh, Kulichevsky deal got made permanent, uh, Mana Solomon uh, just signed Van Fan at the back, and Alejo Veliz. James Madison is a brilliant signing for Tottenham uh, for all of his qualities at Leicester, and he was. Uh, breaking into the England squad as well. Um, so, yeah, great signing for Tottenham. Proven player. Uh, Pedro Porro is looking like a really uh, attacking handful uh, at fullback. But probably the what could turn out to be the best bit of business Tottenham have done this season is, is keeping hold of Harry Kane. And it looks like the latest bid they've turned down from Bayern Munich I mean, Bayern Munich stated that was a final take-it-or-leave-it offer. So uh, we should presume that Harry Kane is staying with Tottenham this season. Um, They may lose him at the end of the season on a free transfer, but playing in an attacking team, creating chances for him, he could score a hell of a lot of goals this season. He scored 30 goals last season in an underperforming Spurs side. Um, so if you, you start getting that Spurs side going and using Kane to his full potential, Erling Haaland's last season's goal record could be in danger. Um, and uh, Son as well uh, didn't have the best of seasons last year, but we found out he wasn't fully fit for large parts. So a fully fit Son um, linking up with Kane again could be very dangerous. Now, Postacoglu notoriously had a, has a slow start with teams. Um, he did with Celtic and he has for all of his other clubs. Um, so we may see uh, a period of Tottenham uh, trying to find their feet. Could be exciting, could be seeing some four-alls in there. Um, mixed results, I'm expecting, um, but I would think they would come good by the end of the season. Probably not good enough to challenge for top four just yet, but exciting times for Spurs. Now, on the back of the record-breaking season from Brighton, the best season the club has ever had, um, qualifying for Europe for the first time, um, they have had quite a successful summer keeping hold of um, the majority of their squad. They obviously lost McAllister to Liverpool, Early doors, um, Sanchez, goalkeeper, has uh, gone and uh, they are struggling to keep hold of Kai Sado. They've signed Jao Pedro, um, who looks like an interesting prospect. Verbruggen, goalkeeper, straight replacement for Sanchez. Uh, Igor, a centre-back from Fiorentina. James Milner, Mahmoud Dahoud from Dortmund, a uh, player of great... great um, experience along with Milner so could really add to that team um, to to their kind of young exciting attacking team with a couple of uh, experienced heads in there um, they've got a great manager in De Zerbi and I can't see them changing much from last season and carrying on the way they're going they've, they've held on to the, the core of their team added to it and they've got Young players coming through like Cisco and Evan Ferguson, who started to, to to show at the end of the season last year how good they are. So if they get introduced to to the team this year, we we could be seeing the next big thing from Brighton, as we seem seems to be a feature every every single season now. Um, I can't see why they won't pick up where they left off and be challenging for Europe again uh, this season. Aston Villa were a changed side under Unai Emery last season. Uh, he took over from Steven Gerrard and they went from facing relegation to facing Europe. Um, he has not really got rid of anyone. Ashley Young has gone to Everton. 
but apart from that, he's added to the team with Moussa Diaby, a winger from Leverkusen, Pau Torres at the back, um, who used to play under uh, Emery at Villarreal, and Yuri Tillmans from uh, Leicester. Well, they looked increasingly good under Emery last season, um, and I'd expect them to carry on in that vein. Um, they've got youngsters like Ollie Watkins, Jacob Ramsey. If they keep on the way they're going, Villa are looking like a very, very decent prospect this season. And um, yeah, similar to Brighton, they're going to be right up there uh, challenging for Europe, I should expect. Now, Brentford are a uh, another side who... Uh, performed very well last season um, above expectations I would say um, I'm kind of viewing them a bit different to uh, Brighton this season in the fact that they have really stood, stood still and uh, as they say in this league if you're not moving forward you are moving backwards um, they haven't lost uh, many Players, they sold Jansen, their centre-back, and uh, the goalkeeper, Rare, is expected to leave. Um, they've signed Nathan Collins at centre-back from Wolves, uh, straight replacement for Jansen, and Kevin Shade, or Shade from uh, Freeburg, the winger. And uh, they've already got Flecken, the goalkeeper, who has replaced Rare before he's even left. Um so they kind of kept their squad together, but the biggest loss is uh, Ivan Toni, um, who's out until January, and the amount of goals and the impact he had on the team last season will be a huge miss. They've got uh, Visa and Mbemo up front to replace him, who who are decent, but they're nowhere near the level Ivan Toni is. And with their squad being very similar to last season... Um, but lacking Tony, they may start to go a little bit backwards. Um, uh, I, I don't think they'll be uh, facing relegation, but um, they'll be closer to relegation than they will be to Europe this season, I would, I would expect. West Ham won the Conference League uh, last season. A European trophy, uh, glory all over the Hammers. But was this just papering up the cracks of their poor league performance? They've lost their star player and captain Declan Rice to Arsenal. Um, also left is Masuaka, Lanzini and Skamaka. Um, no big loss there. Uh, they have just signed Edson Alvarez from Ajax, who could well be uh, their saviour for them when you were weighing up the ins and outs before that. That's their first signing of the summer. Um, they're potentially going to sign Harry Maguire as well. They were in for Scott, McTomin Scott McTominay, but I think that got rejected. Um, but they were weak last season. And uh, yeah, like I said, the conference win, yeah, it was, was amazing. But that doesn't necessarily go to say that they're going to have a better season because of that. Um, this year um, Edson Alvarez will help but I feel like West Ham need to make a few more signings uh, to be able to improve on what we saw last season so they, if they don't do they could find themselves in a relegation battle yet again Fulham had a very uh, solid season last year Um they obviously lost uh, Mitrovic for a large period through suspension um, and it has looked like that they're going to lose him for good. He um, was rumoured to go to Saudi Arabia, um, which hasn't happened, but he's also stated that he won't play for Fulham again, so I imagine he's going to be leaving in the coming weeks. Um, they've also lost, um, well... They had Mana Solomon and Cedric Suarez on loan, who have gone now. Um, but they have signed Calvin Bassey, a centre-back from Ajax. Uh, Raul Jimenez up front from Wolves, who may be replacing Mitrovic before Mitrovic is even gone. Um, and they made the uh, Willian deal permanent. So, um, solid outfit last season. They look like they've 
solidified that a bit more when you thought they would the loss of Mitrovic last season could see the end of Fulham's good form. They continued to perform quite well. Um, so barring, they haven't, they haven't got a huge uh, depth in their squad. So barring any injuries to key players, I can imagine Fulham will carry on being fairly solid and be looking for another, another mid-table. Crystal Palace made such good leaps forward under Roy Hodgson's uh, tenure last season that they've ended up making him permanent manager. Um, now, it's great for them in terms of stability. Uh, they know what they're expecting, but it's not exactly exciting, inspirational, forward-thinking uh, at his age. Um, uh how many more seasons has has Roy got in him? But for this season, uh, they lost Wolf Zahar and Mihailovic, notably. Um, and they've signed Mateus Franca, uh, a midfielder from Fiorentina. Uh, Jefferson Lerma from Bournemouth. Now, with players like Eze, Elise and Gehi, they, um, the loss of Zahar isn't a big deal. Because they, these new breed of players that Palace have got are now their star players. If, if Zahar had left any time over the last five, six, seven years, he would have been a huge loss. And you would have been saying, right, that's the end of Palace. Because who who Palace without Wolf Zahar? But last season, he wasn't even their best player by a long shot. So Zahar won't be a great loss to them. Um, they'll just be hoping to hold on to as a... And Elise um, to keep that attacking uh, side of their game, um, and with with Roy at the helm, um, he will confidently steer Palace to another uh, mid-table finish. I would imagine Wolves are a team that are not looking in great shape right now. Um, they had some financial troubles with the uh, financial fair play rules and ended up having to ship out a load of players. Uh, including Ruben Neves, Nathan Collins, Raul Jimenez, Adama Traore, Diego Costa and João Moutinho. Um, Moutinho and Neves have been incredible for Wolves over the years. Um, the backbone of the, the this kind of Premier League era for, for Wolves. Um, so I'd imagine a lot of Wolves fans are very sad to see them go. They've signed Mac Doherty, uh, who had... A great period with Wolves um, on his first spell. Um, did amazing work going forward at fullback. Um, didn't quite get to show that at, at Tottenham, but he's back. I mean, he's older now, but perhaps he'll be able to rekindle that old form that he had at Wolves the first time. Uh, they also signed Cunha and Bubakar Traore. Uh, they were loans from last season that got made permanent. Uh, nothing too exciting as they weren't exactly lighting the world on fire at Wolves last season on their loans. And Wolves were really poor for large periods of last season. Um, and without them making some serious signings over the coming weeks, I can't see them getting any better. So they may struggle. Um, Lopetogui came in as manager last season uh, and it feels like they turned into a bit of a nothing team, lacking any sort of style or direction. And there's actually rumours that he may be on his way out, getting replaced by Gary O'Neill. Um, my prediction in the current state is that Wolves will be um, most likely bottom three next year, and uh, or this year, sorry. And um, uh, if they get Gary O'Neill in... You see what he did at Bournemouth last season. I think we all thought Bournemouth were going down, especially after they lost 8-0 to Liverpool. Uh, anything can happen, but at the moment, yeah, Wolves are in my bottom three. Speaking of Bournemouth, they've lost uh, notably Jefferson Lerma and Junior Stanislad, so no huge um, upsets to their squad. They've signed Hamid Traore, uh, midfielder from Sassuolo. Um, Milos Kerkes, left back from AZ Alkmaar. Uh, Ramain Favre, a right midfielder from Lyon, and Justin Kluivert, uh, who's a winger. And uh, he came from Roma. Now, obviously, the surname 
Cliver comes with a lot of um, expectation. Um, if he can get anywhere close to his father, then uh, Bournemouth have got a very good player there. But he hasn't really shown it so far. Um, so um, we will we will see. He might he might even just be a bit of a, a backup player for them. To be honest, he might not be making the starting lineup. Um, we, time will tell. Bournemouth uh, sacked Gary O'Neill in order to bring in uh, the exciting new young manager Adoni Areola, and if he works out and he's the next big thing, then then, then fair play. But it did seem quite uh, harsh to Gary O'Neill after he did so well. Um, uh, Irola is known for his kind of attacking style of play. Um, and they've got a decent amount of new signings in, so we could see um, some good stuff from, from Bournemouth this season. Uh, it's a bit of the unknown. They were really solid under Gary O'Neill. There's going to be quite a lot of changes, so it, it could be a, an indifferent start from Bournemouth while the new manager finds his way in the Premier League. I'd imagine they would be down the bottom of the table and in a scrap to stay in the league. Everton had, let's say, awful season last year, narrowly escaping uh, relegation um, with financial troubles hanging over their head, meaning they can't really sign anyone. Um, they have uh, lost um, Moyes Keane. I mean, he was out on loan, but it's been made permanent to Juventus now. Ellis Sims, I was surprised. He was a player with highly talked of a great play potential from their youth system, but I guess they've had to get rid of him to balance the books. Tom Davis has gone. Yerry Mina's gone. Andros Townsend and Connor Cody. Um, so far, they've signed Ashley Young from uh, Aston Villa, and they have signed Dan Juma, who is a winger from Villarreal, um, who uh, could be pretty good. But it's a, it's, it's a depleted squad from where they were last season. And, uh, and they weren't in a good place last season. Uh, like I said, they just avoided a relegation on the last day of the season. Um, however, they do have Sean Dyche in charge. And he is well aware of how to keep a team in the Premier League on a budget. So... Um, their, their main problem is goal scoring and Dominic Calvert-Lewin, when he is at his best, is an incredible goal scorer. He's really struggled with injuries. Pre-season, he's played a couple of 45 minutes and scored. If they can get him fit, I mean, when he has scored pre-season, Everton have won 1-0. So if they can get him fit, get him scoring, you might see Everton win 1-0. Dominic Calvert-Lewin scoring the goal as quite a regular theme this season. My expectation is Sean Dyche knows what he's doing. He will make sure they are in the Premier League for another year at least. Nottingham Forest stayed in the Premier League after their promotion from the Championship the season before last. They, uh, despite sticking with their manager, Steve Cooper, um, they made an incredible amount of signings last year. Um, I mean, I don't know how they fit them all in, the, in through the doors, uh, which we have seen a bit of a clear out from them. Um, notable, notable players leaving Sam Surridge. Jack Colback, Cafu, Jordan Smith, Ojeda, Jesse Lingard, Andre Ayo, Lyle Taylor. Anan Karunchik and Rennie Lodi and Kayla Naves uh, went back after their loans. Uh, despite needing to get a, have a clear out, they've still made a couple of signings in Anthony Alanga from United, uh, Chris Wood, the loan they've made permanent, and Ola Arne, a, who is a right back from Torino. Um, they uh, had a big, big old squad, like I've said, trimmed it down couple in. Elanga could be a good signing. When he was playing for United, uh, he'd score the odd goal and look quite lively. Could fit fit well into um, Forrest's team. Um, 
probably the most exciting player they've got at the moment is Morgan Gibbs-White, who looked really, really good as England won the European Under-21 Championships this year. Biggest thing for me with Forrest is that they still have Steve Cooper in charge, and this is giving them consistency and stability, uh, despite all the comings and goings on the player's side. So Steve Cooper should have found out which players he wants and which players fit with him after last season's um, experimenting. Uh, so, yeah, I'd imagine Forrest may be improved this season and they, uh, we, I, I'm expecting them to uh, avoid relegation again. If they can push a bit further than that, um, I think might be a little, little bit too much to ask. So avoiding relegation for Forrest is what I think we will see. Burnley are back in the Premier League. They won the championship last season at a canter. Um, Vincent Company is looking like quite the manager. Um, whether he can translate that to the Premier League from the championship, uh, we don't know. There's obviously been cases in the past of young managers uh, performing at a lower level who then um, don't necessarily bring that onto the top league. Uh, since uh, their championship winning season, they've lost Bobby Thomas, Ashley Barnes, uh, goalkeeper Will Norris and Matt Loughton, notably. They've signed Zeki Amdouni as a striker. Tim and um, an amazing signing in James Trafford from Man City in goal, uh, who was the goalkeeper that uh, saved the last minute penalty. Uh, to see England win the European uh, Under-21 Championships. They've also signed Jordan Bayer at centre-back, Dara O'Shea, who's got Premier League experience uh, with West Brom. Nathan Redman also experienced under Southampton. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> on the face of things, if they continue the way they played in the Championship, they should have a very good season in the Premier League. But it doesn't always work out like that. Um, Nathan Teller, uh, who scored 17 goals for them last season, has gone back to Southampton. Um, so they, they have lost a bit um, from last season. Like I said, they've signed Zeki Amdune uh, to, to kind of get those goals back. Um, so whether that's going to be have a big impact on them this season, uh, we shall see. They've got Man City first up. So uh, it's not going to take long, and that's on this Friday night. So, yeah, it's not going to take long to find out what Burnley can do against the best. Uh, I mean, they even had a couple of good cup results last season to show us that we should expect them to be able to perform at this level. So I should expect Burnley to avoid the drop and be uh, pushing for a, a mid-table-ish Finish. Sheffield United were the other team to gain automatic promotion with their second place finish last season. Uh, they've lost Ndai, who scored 15 goals for them in the championship, uh, and Billy Sharp, um, the old the old warhorse. Uh, but uh, they've signed um, Austin Trusty, a centre-back from Arsenal, Brent Traore, a striker, I guess to replace Ndai, and it's Slimani at centre midfield. Yasser Larucci, who is a left-back who comes in on loan. Now, they've, other than Ndai, they've held together their um, promotion-winning squad with quite a few signings coming in to strengthen them up. So whether that's enough to keep them in the Premier League, uh, we shall see. Uh, now, continuity could be the key for Sheffield United because they've kept that team together and they know how each other plays. Um, but we could see a good a good start and then them falling off towards the end of the season as their depth and strength of the squad starts to show through. Um, I think they'll do well to stay up. Um, they're probably they're probably in my bottom three uh, for this season going down, um, unfortunately, but. The squad they've got, I can't see them doing too much damage to the bigger teams. And lastly, we have Luton Town, who came up through last season's playoffs. 
They are the first town to play in the Premier League since Ipswich, and the uh, only other town I can think of is Swindon. Um, it's a bit of a fairy tale story with them being such a small club, and I think everyone's seen um, how you get into their ground on TikTok. Um, their first match has actually been their first home match has actually been delayed because of the work uh, needed to bring their ground up to scratch, which is uh, a little bit of a worry. Um, so yeah, we'll see if that's all get sorted out. Um, in terms of uh, comings and goings, they've lost their goalkeeper Ethan Horvath, who um, was on loan to Forest and's gone back, but they've replaced him with uh, Blackburn's goalkeeper Thomas Kaminski. They've also signed Ryan Giles, left back from Wolves, Chong, winger from Bournemouth, former Man United, Mads Anderson at centre back, Nakamba, who's a midfielder from Villa, uh, and Issa Kabore, left back from Man City. Um, last season, Colton Morris scored 20 goals for them. Uh, Elijah Adebayo had seven goals and they were played up front so that's their main danger um, another notable player Alfie Doherty at Wimback uh, with two goals and five assists last season could be um, quite effective for them I mean <laughs> with such a small club uh, in the Premier League anything is a surprise anything's a bonus Um they could end up being the whipping boys down by Christmas, but you never know. They could surprise us all. Um, I, I wouldn't predict them finishing anywhere other than bottom. But if they get some scalps along the way, then it could be a successful uh, season for them. But yeah, good luck to Luton. Um, I think they've got a big job ahead. That concludes my Premier League review for the 23-24 season. Um, one thing I haven't mentioned that could spice things up a bit is that the Premier League could receive a, another Champions League spot, uh, meaning it will go down to fifth place. The um, expansion of the Champions League the following season could result in uh, the English League getting that fifth uh, place and um, I'm predicting that the kind of fight for top four is going to be between six teams so uh, and it's going to be close it's going to be exciting so to have that fifth spot thrown in um, could uh, could make it even more exciting so um, so yeah we will see my prediction to uh, to miss out on that uh, those top spots would probably be Newcastle. Um, no matter how good they are, I think everyone's looking a lot better this season uh, than they did last season. So um, I think they might might struggle with the big boys to keep up again. Um, they they benefited from some weak performances all round last season, despite them being uh, a very good side. Thanks for listening and join me again next week for another episode of Dance Dance.